You're listening to the UBC Medicine Learning Network. Welcome. You're listening to Metamorphosis, a podcast designed to help medical students navigate their medical careers. My name is Igor, and on today's episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. Brendan Byrne, former Chief Innovation Officer for TELUS Health, as well as the co-founder and current medical director for The Wellness Garage, a very unique lifestyle medicine clinic based in White Rock, BC. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Byrne. Hi, Igor. Nice to be here. I had the pleasure of working with Dr. Byrne for a few days at his clinic, and I have to say I've never seen a fully equipped gym inside of a medical clinic before uh, coming to the wellness garage. So that was definitely a first. Um, so I want to get into your background a little bit in the fields of healthcare and business and uh, how you got to where you are now. But before we start, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your practice and uh, what you do on a daily basis. Sure. So we run a lifestyle medicine practice, which is uh, really kind of focusing on lifestyle behaviors. It's kind of recognition that most of what ails people in our society as we get older are chronic diseases that have lifestyle behaviors as their root cause. So rather than, you know, uh, focusing on kind of the pharmacology of treating uh, certain diseases, we really focus you know, kind of way upstream around the behaviors. So we try to help people change their nutrition, change their exercise approach, uh, sleep, stress, relationships, and purpose a very holistic view around a person. Um, and, and what we find with that is, is that people, um, as they start to make these changes, they see uh, you know, really good results and, and, and they become quite motivated. So it's, uh, it's quite a gratifying practice in that perspective. Awesome. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how you started your medical journey and then how you got to where you are right now? All right. So this is, this is a bit of a long story. Um, so I, uh, I, I graduated way back in 1990 from McGill, um, finished, came out and did a rotating internship uh, in BC. Um, and that was back in the days where you could do a rotating internship, get a license and go practice. So did that um, and uh, thought I would actually go back and specialize kind of after, you know, after doing some locums for a few years. Um, but uh, when I was uh, out uh, in practice, I was doing, uh, um, it, was, it was actually kind of a, a, a November day in, in 1993 in Vernon uh, between emergency room shifts, um, bored and, and was in a London drugs of all places and found a book on databases. And um, all of a sudden the, the idea of, of you know, electronic medical records and what we could do there kind of really just hit me. And uh, so at that point, uh, I, I I literally you know, bought the book, went and ordered a, a, a laptop, uh, hadn't owned a computer before, never done anything with computers, started to create some software for physicians, um, actually went and bought a medical practice shortly thereafter, afterwards, opened that with a, with a colleague and co-founder, uh, Dr. Mike Poletta. And we started building some software within the context of our practice. And that took a few years. Um, but before long, we had a product and other clinics were buying it. Um, and by 2001, so kind of a few years later, um, we had so many clinics on it that I had to give up my practice. So I, 
I left full-time practice and started running this company full-time. Um, and I guess I, 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 mean, I always stayed kind of a day a week practicing in, in, uh, in just walk-in clinics just to keep my, my license going and my hand in, but, um, but really kind of was full on on EMR from 2001 um, for really kind of until 2018 when, when, when we joined, when we basically formed the wellness garage. So, so it was kind of a very, uh, <laughs> very different path. Um, I remember when my 25th med school reunion came up and I was talking to some colleagues, it was a little bit funny to think that I was kind of working for the phone company. Couldn't really imagine that when I graduated from, from, uh, you, you know, medical school that, that, you know, you'd ever work for the, for the phone company. Um, but here TELUS was, um, you know, leading digital health company in Canada. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the EMR journey, you know, we built a company, um, TELUS eventually acquired the company in 2012. And then uh, within TELUS, I actually bought a whole bunch of other companies for them uh, as part of kind of we rolled, did a, what we call the roll up. And, um, and then eventually landed as their chief innovation officer um, before uh, finally deciding I, I really need to get back to this thing called the practice of medicine. And that was when I opened the wellness garage. That's fascinating. So you essentially went from, you know, not really knowing anything about computers to all the way up to, you know, working um, with TELUS and, and innovating all these um, EMRs and everything. That sounds like a pretty big jump. Yeah, I mean, it was a big jump, but it, it's, it's, it's like never, you know, never confuse a clear vision with a short distance. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, I, I, think, I think from the moment I kind of got the idea of what was possible, I had a very clear vision of what could happen. And, and, and really what I wanted was I wanted all the data that we have around a person to actually be accessible when you're seeing that person in the exam room. And so... So that was really kind of the vision was what, what if, you know, what if you just knew everything, you know, your, your system you're working with just knew everything about this person um, and could help you in terms of decision making. And um, so that was kind of the vision. And, and, then it, and then it became, okay, if that's the vision, how do we start to do this? Um, and, you know, and I was uh, young and incredibly naive to, to, to do it the way I did it. Um, but in some ways that worked in my favor just because, the market at that point was so nascent. Um, doctors just were not eager to buy computers. So um, as I kind of stumbled along and learned how to, you know, get a product created and, you know, get a company formed, um, the market gradually came came into being. And so, um, so kind of uh, by luck, in a way, the, the market timing was was actually quite good with the timing for for our company, um, and we did we did quite well. So it sounds like when you were in medical school, you didn't really know that you were going to be involved in all these things. Um, did you know that uh, you wanted to go into family medicine at first when you were in medical school? No, I mean, the crazy part when I was in med school was I thought I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, um, which is kind of funny because anybody that knows me uh, now, you know, I'm, I'm just not a hands-on, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that, that builds things with tools. Uh, and yet I, I had gone down that path in med school. Um, There's something that fascinated me. At the last minute, I I, uh, I pulled out so that at that time you 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 could only get into orthopedics directly from med school in the U.S. So you had to go through the U.S. match. And the U.S. match was ahead of the Canadian match, and so I pulled out of the U.S. match at the last minute. Um, and I had just thrown, I'd only applied to the three rotating internships in 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 uh, Vancouver, 
um, hadn't interviewed at them. My essay was why I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. So I have no idea how I got into one of them, but I matched in the Canadian match and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and that, that was just kind of the different path. So um, when I got to do the rotating internship, I, I think I really realized I was a generalist um, in many respects. Uh, although I still kind of hankered after kind of going back and, and after rotating internship, I originally thought I'd go back and do cardiology. So that was kind of my, my thinking. Um, but ultimately it, it was, yeah, I think I ended up specializing in EMR <laughs> more than anything else. And uh, how was the residency experience for you? Did you enjoy your time as a resident? It was phenomenal. Um, you know, it was, um, we, we, we had one in three calls throughout the whole year. Uh, so it was, it was relentless, except for obstetrics, which was 24 hours on, 24 hours off. I think in my five weeks of obstetrics, I delivered like 100 babies. It was just, yeah, <laughs> great, crazy experience. Um, but the, um, I, I, I was based out of Royal Columbian Hospital, which is um, it was a great hospital. Like just, you know, the, the specials there were all uh, very supportive, uh, mainly because you were kind of between them and coming in during the middle of the night. <laughs> so they, they, they gave, uh, gave you a ton of time and attention to try to help you. Um, so I, I, I learned a ton in that year and really enjoyed the, the group that I was with. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that's, you, you, you learn so much of your, 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 your medicine, you put it all together in, in that, in that, that time. And was there anything that you maybe wish that you'd done prior to residency to prepare for residency or things that you wish you'd known before? No, I, I mean, I think, um, I, I think kind of in retrospect, all the time and attention I, I went down the path of orthopedics might've been wasted time. Um, but you, you know, you, you have interests and you pursue them. Um, so, I, I tend not to live with, with much in the way of regret that way. So um, I think what's interesting now is I find, um, you know, uh, I find the learning around medicine um, so fascinating. And especially with what I do now, where we're doing lifestyle medicine and trying to figure out kind of what's happening with somebody from a metabolic perspective and, and how you can uh, impact them. Um, so, so in a way, you know, when I look back, I, 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 I probably wish I had done more uh, research, um, but, you know, I, I was on a bit of a different path at that point. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I, I like about medicine is that you can, you can really go in a lot of different directions. And as long as you remain curious and, and uh, you know, eager to learn, there's, there's always something new, even, even at this stage of your career. So in terms of lifestyle medicine, um, how is it different from family medicine in your view? And sort of what kind of moved you from family medicine into lifestyle medicine? So um, the lifestyle medicine is, is relatively new. Um, I mean, it, the, the principles of it aren't new, but, but I think people actually kind of carving out and saying they're, they're lifestyle medicine doctors is relatively new. Um, and it's challenging from the perspective of, um, really from the fee code perspective, I'm a GP. Um, so I've chosen to do it a little bit differently. So I don't, I don't do primary care. Um, I take people by referral. Um, so family docs can refer people to me and, uh, and then we can work with them. Um, and so I've set it up a little bit more like a specialty, even though technically, you know, according to the fee guide, it's not a specialty, right? Um, 
what I like about doing it that way is that everybody that walks through the door of Wellness Garage wants to be there um, or else they don't have to come, right? So, um, and, and I think in lifestyle medicine, that ends up being really important because um, the biggest determinant of success is how ready somebody is for change. And so if somebody walks in to, to our practice and they're ready to make changes, um, it's, it's phenomenal how much they can do in relatively short periods of time. If they walk in and they're not certain about making changes, nothing happens. And so it's all, it's all really hinges upon them, which is different than when you have a family practice and you, you, know, you have 2,000 people in your, in your um, panel and you've got people that you know, have type 2 diabetes and they've got lifestyle issues and you're talking to them about lifestyle um, they may not be ready to change. And so you can only go so far with those people. Um, so, I, so I feel like lifestyle medicine really, you know, in order to be doing lifestyle medicine, you really need to be separate from that. You really need to have the people that walk in be ready to, to work with you. Uh, otherwise, I think it's, it, it would be very discouraging. You know, lots of conversations that go nowhere. Um, and, and I think, you know, for, as we all kind of know, when it comes to changing things in our lives, you know, we don't change till we're ready. Something's gotta, something's gotta break. There's, you know, there's things we've thought about doing and we all have these lists of things, you know, we think about doing and um, in order for to do it, something's gotta change and you gotta really be, okay, I'm gonna do it. And you start to put together a plan. And so, so we, we, we find that kind of being, you know, having our practice separate from primary care is really helpful that way. So people come to us and they're they're ready to make the, they're ready to make those changes. And so it seems like a very patient centered type model. Um, and I suppose that you have more time with your patients uh, than you did maybe as a as a family physician. Would you say that that's correct? Yeah, you know, and part part of that is you know we've um, we've been figuring out kind of the the model for us and how to how to make it work. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I was fortunate about was when, when I decided to go back to practice uh, in, in 2018 and open up Wellness Garage, um, I had some flexibility and I wasn't, um, I wasn't, at, you know, I wasn't as worried about kind of making a living right away. Um, I really wanted to try to figure out what I was doing because I, I still had some consulting work that I was doing in digital health. And um, so it's kind of, you know, looking at this from a perspective of, you know, how do we, how do we build something here that will be sustainable? So the, the first thing is you, you have to spend the time because if you're, you know, the whole, you know, it's not as simple as writing a prescription and telling somebody to take the pills. Um, you've got to get somebody to understand kind of where they are and what steps they need to take and then understand what steps they're capable of taking and, and really guide them to make those, those, those changes. So, we, you know, it took us a little bit of time and we, we found some programs that, uh, um, you know, insured programs that we could do kind of outside of MSP um, that would, uh, would, would really help pay for what we were doing. Um, we found that we could work within MSP doing the referrals on the physician side. Um, and then, you know, we, we've got an exercise physiologist, a dietitian, a nutritionist, a health counselor, uh, actually two nutritionists. Um, on staff, those positions are not covered by MSP. Um, and so those end up becoming private pay services that people pay if they kind of want that extra step. Um, 
in that kind of mixture of, of some um, private pay stuff alongside of MSP stuff, alongside of some third-party insured stuff, um, you know, has formed a mix that we can work with. Um, but yeah, we, we spend, you know, um, my, my typical visit is, is, is 20 or 30 minutes with a person. Um, and, you know, and, and, um, and, and really we, we try to, you know, go, go through everything with them. Um, and then our, you know, our, our health counselor spends, you know, an hour on average with people, our nutritionist, the intakes on an hour and our exercise physiologist works an hour block. So we'll spend a whole lot more time with people, um, when they're in our programs. Yeah. It sounds like it's a very holistic type of medicine, um, which is very, a bit different from, you know, the regular family medicine where you're kind of sent off in different directions, different specialists, just kind of all over the place. So personally, I really like that kind of holistic approach to it. Um, is there anything that you dislike about, um, lifestyle medicine? No, I, I mean, it's, it's been unbelievably gratifying to do this type of work because, um, I mean, it's interesting, you know, so if you, if you see a patient and you, uh, let's say, you know, you, you, you correct their, their lipid profile by prescribing a statin drug, um, no one's that excited about it, right? You know, you're not that excited about it. The patient's not really that excited about it. Um, but if you, if you see somebody who, um, you know, you, you change the way that they eat and you change the way that they exercise, and you change the way that they sleep, uh, and really you don't do it, you, you help them do it. Um, but when you do all of that, and they make those changes, they come in a different person and they're so empowered and they're so happy. Um, that's really gratifying and it, it, it rubs off. So, um, so no, I, I think the, the actual practice is fabulous. Um, I think the challenge for, for people doing it is trying to figure out what the, what the model is, right? Um, and, you know, we've kind of um, been able to carve out a model in lifestyle medicine um, there's a group in Victoria that are specialists um, that are able to carve out a model, um, you know, again, kind of working kind of the fee codes um, for, for what they, they, what you can do with them. Um, we found, you know, in the, under the GP fee codes, the group medical visits are actually really useful. And so we've built a bunch of programs around group medical visits, um, you know, paired with consultation that I think really gives, you know, gives us an ability to, to, to educate people and help them find the support that they need. Um, and then the other thing we've done is we've created a ton of free content, right? So uh, if you go on our website um, and our blog, there's just, you know, there's just a ton of posts there. Um, and we've got guides for eating. We've got guides for exercise. We've got another guide coming out uh, in a couple of weeks around sleep. And um, again, kind of for us, the information is free. And so we're just trying to, you know, have people take the information any way they can and, and really kind of what they end up, you know, the only thing that they, they may end up needing to pay for is extra support. So if they need a nutritionist to help them make the changes, then we've got that on staff. Or if they need an exercise physiologist to teach them how to, you know, weight lift or um, we've got that on staff. And so, so that's kind of where, where kind of the, uh, the extra services come. So, but yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a really fun practice. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the challenges are more along the lines of just figuring out where, where it fits in the, you know, in, in the overall medical system. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like maybe lifestyle medicine is a bit um, in its early stages. Would you agree with that? 
or maybe you see the current state of lifestyle medicine differently in terms of like the opportunities for new physicians to get involved? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think as a practice, it's in its early stages, right? I think, um, you know, I, I, there, there are not many people like me who kind of hung a shingle and just, you know, just doing lifestyle medicine. Um, there are lots of docs that are doing lifestyle medicine within their primary care. And, um, and many, many have been doing that their whole careers. So there's people that are very grounded in this and, 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 and very informed around the evidence. Because uh, the evidence, again, isn't, isn't new, right? The evidence has been there for a long time. It, it keeps accumulating. Um, and, and I think we're, I think we're really realizing now when some of us are kind of going full on into this, that um, if you give lifestyle medicine the same attention that you give other aspects of, you know, of therapy, um, you get really good results. And, and in fact, I think you get more powerful results um, with this investment than you do kind of just with, you know, pharmacotherapy or, or surgical treatments. So, um, so, so I think that, you know, it's, it's something that, um, we're starting to see emerge. I, I think that, you know, as I work with my colleagues, um, it, it's, you know, I think we do a service for them in, in that, um, they, you know, if they're kind of running a busy family practice, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to talk to somebody about their nutrition in, in, in a, in a 10 minute visit. Um, and so we can do a, a lot more with them. Um, and we can teach them a lot more. Um, and then that allows the, 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 the primary care physician to, to really feel like they've, you know, as they're working their way through the guidelines to really feel like, you know, they've given lifestyle kind of that full, full attention. Um, so, so I, I think it's, you know, I think it's emerging as an area and, um, you know, I think there, there are definitely, um, I know when I have the med students through like yourself, everyone, everyone looks at it and enjoy, you know, enjoys it and, uh, have a few people kind of saying this is kind of what they'd like to do when they come, come back and graduate. So, so hopefully we'll start to see more lifestyle medicine. It does seem like a really cool way to, to run your practice. I also, I'm curious about, um, the work-life balance as well. Is there room for hobbies and family and, you know, other non-medicine type things in this field and this career path? Yeah. I mean, the, the, nothing's an emergency for us, right? Cause we're not doing, you know, we're not doing primary care. We're not on call. So there's nothing that's emergent for us. Um, probably the closest that we come is, is when we have people in our diabetes reversal who are making big changes and we need to de-prescribe their medication. Um, we might get a few kind of, uh, you know, um, texts or emails or calls just, just with regards to kind of what's happening with their blood sugars. But, but really there's no, there's no emergencies. So it's a, you know, it's a kind of a Monday through Friday, nine to five type of practice. Um, or, you know, you can definitely kind of uh, change your hours a little bit as you, as you seek. Um, so, so, you know, one of the key things I think, you know, if you're running a lifestyle medicine practice, you kind of have to, you know, walk what you talk. So, you, you know, you, you need to be, um, you know, you need to be focused on your own nutrition and exercise and sleep and stress and relationships and purpose. Um, yeah. And, and, and so that's, that's part of it is, is having your own practice. Um, and I know that, you know, the college lifestyle medicine is quite big in terms of, um, being sure that practitioners are, are, you know, are taking that time for themselves. Um, but it's, it, it comes pretty naturally, especially when you work in a gym. Um, it's uh, staring you in the face. So if you're, 
<laughs> if you're not working out, uh, no excuses. You, you need to really ask yourself. <laughs> yeah, no excuses. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, and I think, um, you know, for you in particular, I think the fact that you can do telehealth with your patients, that probably helps a lot as well in terms of that kind of work life. You can maybe work from home even. Um, it, and so has the COVID pandemic, I'm curious if that's impacted your practice at all um, in what ways? Yeah, so it definitely, definitely impacted us kind of right away. Um, we were able to shift a whole bunch of what we do virtually. Um, we, we really doubled down on, on the group medical visits during that time. And, and that actually was really interesting because, um, because now that we can deliver them virtually, um, we actually get more people and they're from all over the province coming into these, these group medical visits. Um, so it's extended the reach of, of kind of people that we can get in. Um, it's also made me really realize kind of how we're thinking about virtual care is um, it's a bit funny, right? And it took me, <laughs> yeah, like I've got an EMR background. I, I, I kind of have been aware about virtual care since the very early days uh, of it and knew about telemedicine and so on and so forth. Um, what struck me during COVID was that we keep doing, we keep thinking virtual care, it, we, we do the same thing, right? So, um, you know, we see people, you know, through a video connection the same way we'd see them in an exam room. And what I've really kind of come to realize is, well, if we've got a digital connection with these people, um, we can actually start to, to sh you know, flip the exam room. Um, so, you know, that concept in education of flipping the classroom. So mm -hmm. instead of, you know, lecturing during the valuable class time and uh, having people do homework on their own, you know, teachers realize, well, wait a second, if we record the video, um, people can watch the video at home, come into the classroom and, 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 and work with, with support of the teacher. Mm -hmm. So, so we're starting to do that with our virtual care where, um, you know, before somebody sees me, they've filled out all the questions I need to ask them. They've done a, an extensive questionnaire, um, that has all sorts of branching, branching logic in it. So I've got a ton of information. I usually have like three, you know, if I printed it, it'd be about three or four pages of information that I've had people fill out. Um, so, so I've got that. And so now my, my encounter is more to get to know the person. Um, and then we create an assessment for people to help them understand kind of where they are with their health. Um, and that assessment report is, is now something that we're using to teach people. So um, it has their results and it has it in context and there's video links off of that. And there's, there's documentation so they can understand it. Um, so they're not dependent on coming in to see me and, and, and trying to remember what I said in, in, in the visit. They've got this, this artifact with all their information there. Um, and, and now we're flipping the, 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 the time that we spend with people to be able to, you know, um, ask and answer questions, right? So that we get to know each other and get to understand, you know, what is it for this person that's, that's holding them back? Um, so that's been, you know, quite profound actually learning that. And, and, and it, it's, it's like everything in, in, in medicine. You know, there's a reason they call it the, a practice. It's you, you, you learn as you go, right? You learn things, and then you, um, if you're if you're innovative, what happens is you you start to get frustrated with certain things, and you start to try different changes. And um, and I think that that's what's been so. Um, you know, I think at the at the end, you know, when we go back to normal, um, quote unquote normal. Um, it won't, it'll look nothing like what it did before. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have embraced some of these technologies. Um, we, we, we definitely appreciate getting people kind of one-on-one -on -one to see them in live, you know, live. 
Um, but we use that time probably more valuable now than we did kind of, you know, a, a year and a bit ago. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, you're thinking of incorporating um, more telehealth. And is this basically what I'm asking is, has COVID changed um, the way that you're going to run your practice in the future? Yeah. So, so uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely keep the telehealth components. We, we had them before, but we didn't emphasize them. And, and, and in fact, sometimes they were... Um, you know, they, they were really just the same thing as, as the in-person visit just done through the computer. Um, but we've, we've changed a bunch of that around so that it's, it's not like that. And so that um, a lot of the virtual care actually happens asynchronously. Um, so they, they've got work that they're doing uh, to, to sub, kind of su- submit to us. Um, and then we give them um, material back that they can review and, and, and incorporate kind of lots of content that way. Um, so, so that's kind of, you know, I don't think we'll go back um, on, on that. Um, the, you know, the one thing that'll be nice is to, to be able to get people in for uh, some of the group activities that we, we used to do. So, you know, you've been in our space and you can, um, we used to have on Thursday nights, uh, Broga, where we'd have kind of men's yoga uh, and, and often there'd be like 20 or 30 uh um, people that are the most unlikely people doing yoga, but yeah, guys, guys, a lot of them are CMP officers uh, doing yoga. And so that, that would be fun to try to get back to that. We used to do plant-based cooking workshops and things like that. Um, those kinds of things will be fun. I think a lot of the, 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 the one-on-one care will be, um, you know, a lot of it will be delivered virtually and, um, you know, and then and then personal preference will still come into play just because some people really do like to to, to uh, you know be there for some types of visits so we'll, we'll, we'll let that happen as well now have you had any major setbacks in the process of building your new practice or maybe with your old business in the past so the um, I mean within wellness garage we we, we really we started not with, we didn't have a fully formulated business plan for it. So we started it in, in a way a little bit like a living lab. In fact, we, we had some support from TELUS as a living lab to try and figure out kind of what to do in this space. And so, um, so you know, we've tried lots of things that really haven't taken off. So there's been plenty, plenty of little setbacks like that. Um, you know, so lots of different kind of aspects that we've tried and really haven't taken off um so i don't know that you know they're yeah i guess they're little setbacks but but that's kind of to be expected when you when you're starting things um covid in a way uh i think hit us at a time when we were when we were growing quite rapidly in one respect and it really slowed down some of that growth and shifted kind of where we went um but i think it forced us to when i opened my idea was was always this kind of this idea of what should be digital and what should be local. And uh, so we opened up a place that was just very physical and local. And so, um, you know, all of our programs are very high touch. And, and so, um, you know, COVID kind of accelerated us to on the digital side to bring that back into play. Um, so, so that's been kind of an interesting part. And, and I think we're, we're going to come out of it um, with a bit more of a balance around digital and local. And, and I think that, um, you know, I think that's no different than any other business that's out there, right? If you're if you're running a business that's purely local and there's no digital component, um, 
you know, it's been very difficult during COVID and um, businesses that had their online presence and had other things that they did that they delivered digitally did, did really well. Um, you know, I think we are fortunate that we could do the virtual care. So that, that was kind of a big, big piece right away. Um, but yeah, and, and in terms of, you know, the, 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 the EMR business was, um, you know, that was a very, very interesting journey. You know, we went from kind of, you know, doing it kind of off the side of our desk in our practice to building a company and, uh, you know, we, we, we got the company kind of within, so by about 2004, 2005, we were about 25 people, um, you know, doing about $3 million a year in revenue and kind of loosely profitable, but it was all going back into the business. And um, and then the government came into the EMR space and said, okay, we're going to invest huge amounts of money getting all the doctors on EMRs. And this, you know, this should be good because we're, we were the leading company at that time. The, uh, the challenge was government being government. Um, it took forever for them to get their programs out. So um, nobody bought an EMR for three years. <laughs> so we found ourselves scrambling and, and yeah. And then at the same time, they, they created these big requirements around what the EMRs needed to look like and they need to be hosted in data centers. And so we, we had all sorts of work to do to kind of uh, get our product to the place that it could meet the requirements. And then we had to pass the conformance and be selected in each province. And um, so, yeah, all, all of my gray hairs, I think, come from that uh, <laughs> that part of the journey. Um, but, you know, ultimately, um, ultimately we, we, we kind of got, got through that and, um, and, and just kind of, uh, you know, you you just you, you learn a ton as you go go through that type of process. Do you have any advice for students who are entrepreneurial or looking to start their own practice in the future? Yeah, I think um, I mean I, I think the entrepreneurial journey uh, actually goes pretty well with medicine, um, and, and I think we're seeing lots of that now. Um, you know, one of the things that I think makes um, for uh, I think happy and engaged physicians throughout their careers is, is when they have kind of things that they're working on with a longer time scale. Um, you know, one of the challenges with, with medicine is it can feel a little bit like a treadmill where um, you get on it, you see all your patients during the day, finish your paperwork and then do the same thing every day. Um, and I think that, um, I think that, you know, that's nice because you get closure on things, but I think a lot of us like to have projects that we're working on over longer time frames. And so getting involved with, with different um, things can, you know, different projects or different companies can be a way to do that. Um, the other part is, is, is just that healthcare is going through, uh, you know, quite a rapid evolution from, you know, kind of being purely analog to, to being uh, partially digital. Uh, and there's all sorts of things that can be digitized in the process. Um, so there's a real opportunity. What I saw when I did my innovation work was um, there are lots of entrepreneurs that are eyeing healthcare and trying to change it or disrupt it that have no idea what healthcare really is. Um, and so being a physician on the front line, doing the actual work is just so informative for what you need to do uh, as the entrepreneur. And so, you know, when I opened Wellness Garage, I really, one of the things that I missed was, um, you know, spending a lot as much time with patients, um, you know, I missed that. And, and um, it didn't change the fact that there's things I want to cha change and, and innovate on. 
uh, it actually has fueled it. And so, you know, I, I think it's a good balance between, you know, doing something and then working on the side to try and create uh, a product or service that makes what you're doing better. Um, and so, so I, I think kind of my biggest advice would be, you know, just to be open to, um, to, you know, to, to either, you know, joining a, a, a project or something that, you know, that some of your colleagues are doing or joining, you know, a company as a, as a medical advisor uh, and getting involved like that. It's just a excellent way to, um, you know, to spend some time. And I, and I think it pairs well with the actual practice. Um, I didn't do this, you know, I didn't do kind of my EMR stuff to get away from practice. And, and that was kind of when, when I eventually came back, it was like important for me to come back to practice. Um, because I, I think we're, we're really fortunate in what we get to do. And medicine's a phenomenal, um, you know, it, it's a phenomenal vocation. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think you want to not do it, but um, I, I think it's kind of splitting some time can be actually, it can be really productive. So it makes you even more engaged or more passionate when you're doing it, protects against burnout a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, and then, you know, hopefully you, you, you innovate and create something that makes everything better for, for the next uh, generation that comes along. And for new physicians who are thinking about starting their own practice or business, do you think it's getting harder now than it used to be? Or do you think that there's still a lot of opportunity for new people to come in and, you know, start building something, especially in lifestyle medicine? Yeah. I mean, I think in, in, in lifestyle medicine, it's definitely open. It's just trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, how to have enough runway um, to pay yourself and your staff to, to get it up and running. Um, I think that's going to be a challenge for, for, you know, a young doc coming out. Um, I think, you know, going and creating your own family practice, um, you know, it's definitely very possible to do that. I think the challenge there, of course, is that if it's all on you, it's, 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 you're doing two jobs at once. And I think that um, those who have started kind of, uh, um, you know, practices kind of can, can appreciate that. Um, joining groups, you know, or, or putting, joining, you know, creating a group out of like, with like-minded individuals is another option. Um, always good to have, a, you know, people around you that have some experience. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a mixture there. Um, but yeah, I think there's so many opportunities because I think the, 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 um, I think the practice is going to change, you know, I think primary care homes and primary care reform. Uh, it's going to change the nature of primary care in a positive way. Um, I think you know we're seeing kind of big companies step into to to clinics. Um, that opens up different different opportunities, different things, different challenges. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's. I mean, I think it's a great time to to be doing medicine anytime. So, um, you know, it's uh, like I can't think of a, a another career that I would have wanted to have done. So no regrets for you in terms of the path that you've taken? No, I, I, I think I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm every bit as passionate about learning medicine now as I was when I was in med school, maybe more so. I might be more keen now than I was when I was in med school. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a great thing, right? We get, we get, we get paid to do things that are really helpful for people and we get to play a role in people's lives that, um, you know, we can, we really can change people's lives and, and that's powerful. Um, and then, you know, if we think about the practice of medicine, 
there's lots of room to innovate, right? There's lots of things that could be better and there's lots of things we can do. So, you know, harnessing that part of your know, creative part of your, your, you know, um, capabilities and, and seeing what you can do is, is I think, um, I think it's exciting. So I, I, I look forward, uh, I, I love seeing kind of this, the, the, the rise of kind of the entrepreneurial doctor and, and, uh, yeah, love to see kind of more of that. Well, one more role that you also have is as a preceptor working with medical students like you did with me. Uh, is there something in particular that brought you to doing that? What do you enjoy about being a preceptor and working with medical students? I, I just, I love teaching, right? I love kind of, you know, talking about kind of what we're doing and and, and trying to see it. I always kind of try to see it through the eyes of, of the, the med student coming through the clinic and kind of where where are they? Um, and I find it quite inspiring just seeing kind of people at the beginning of their careers and uh, um, where where they will go. And, you know, is there anything kind of, you know, from from our brief moments together that, you know, can can help them? Um, yeah, I just think I think it's fun and, uh, you know, very impressed with um, I actually been very impressed with the, the med students that come through um, just really, really thoughtful people and. Uh, all sorts of different types of people and, you know, good diversity. And um, that's just been fun to, to see. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think overall I find it, I find it fun adds, you know, adds some uh, new kind of, uh, you know, flavor to the day when, when there's somebody else kind of there. And, um, and I know patients really like it, right. It's um, patients just love, love when I see kind of somebody who's at the beginning of their career come through and uh, kind of show the care and attention to them. But uh you know, that, that they, maybe they don't always get from the medical system. Well, that's really reassuring to know. I know personally, sometimes it can be really nerve wracking being around patients and not feeling like you're very comfortable. Uh, so it's great to know that at least they enjoy having us there. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with students about your practice or about medicine in general? I, I think that, you know, the biggest thing I would say is, is you know, life is long and there's going to be many opportunities along the way and just stay open to them. Right. Um, I think sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, during the kind of the, the, the med school days, you, you're used to jumping through the hoops and kind of getting through the process and you just want to get done with it. And, um, but, you know, really when you look at kind of the, the length of careers um, and the possibilities, you know, it's just stay open to things. Um, and, and I, I mean, I look back and I think I, I, as I said, kind of at the beginning of the podcast, just around, you know, when I graduated from med school, like, you know, imagine telling me that I was going to work for, you know, at that time it would have been like, you know, BC tell or <laughs> Alberta tell or Bell, um, you know, it wouldn't have made sense. Like it just wouldn't have made sense. And, uh, yet now I think there's a fair number of docs graduating that would think, Hey, you know. I, I might do, uh, I might go work for Telus and do some you know, digital health stuff and um, help them build a map or something like that. So, um, so who knows, right? And, and, and obviously, you know, lots of Silicon Valley companies are getting into this. So there's, there's lots of different opportunities. Um, and when you look at kind of where it's going to go with, you know, genomics and precision medicine and AI, it, you know, like the, the possibilities are limitless. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the thing that's most important is all these services that get created are going to get created by people, and they're going to be, need to have people that actually understand, you know, what the job is, and the job is to help the patient. And so, 
you know, bringing that to to the technology is hugely important. And, and so I think, you know, the next generation of docs that are more digitally native than I was will, will just be that much better to do it. That's awesome. I think you've gotten a lot of people excited about lifestyle medicine and integrating technology into their practice and entrepreneurship. It's all really cool. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Byrne. really appreciate your fantastic insights. Thanks, Igor. This was fun. And thank you all for listening. For more episodes of Metamorphosis, look for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of the entire Metamorphosis team, we hope you're staying happy, healthy, and safe. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the UBC Medicine Learning Network. 